here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au And GLG Green Life Group. Your open space specialists. At glgcorp.com The first serve. Your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to... Uh a big Monday night, a special Wimbledon Ash Barty winning edition of the first serve. Even though I've got to tell you, the energy levels are quite low. You're still 24, 48 hours on, buoyed by the fact we have an Australian having won Wimbledon. And we cherish that. We sort of pinch ourselves. It still feels a little bit uh, surreal. But we're going to indulge in that tonight. Alicia Mollick uh, coming up very soon. Craig Tizer, the coach of Ash Barty, to join us uh, tonight. Paul McNamee, who knows all about winning at Wimbledon. In fact, not only did he win as a player, over the weekend he coached the women's doubles champions, Sue O'Shea and Elise Merton. So, Macca, to reflect on that, uh, going to hear from Ben Crow, who was on uh, breakfast earlier today. Uh, also, Craig Tiley, who, of course, spoke with Jared uh, Waitley earlier today. We'll hear from the great Yvonne Goolagong herself. Uh, Josie and Robert Barty, the parents of Ash, who certainly were doing their best to stay away from the limelight. It was a very much a, a last-minute call for us here at SEN to actually commentate uh, the final on Saturday night. And, and credit and a big thank you to management that uh, allowed that to happen in the end. And that's what we're about here at SEN, bringing as much live sport uh, to the menu as possible. Now, this is not for me to indulge in... <laughs> listening to my own commentary, let me assure you. But there were plenty of people, as came through our text machine on Saturday night, that couldn't get near a TV around Australia who appreciated having the final in their ear. And uh, these were the closing stages, which was pretty nervous and it was magnificent to have Courtney Walsh, leading tennis writer for The Australian, alongside me. Let's see what she can produce on serve. Goes down the tee, defended back here. It's a shortish ball. Barty opens up the shoulders, puts up the lob. Does Pliskova there for the drive volley, and she's missed it, Barty. She's missed the drive volley. It set up the point. Oh, my goodness. Tremendous defence from the Czech, but that was on the Australian's uh, racket. Just clips the tape. So now a break point for Pliskova. 30-40 on the Barty serve as she launches down the tee. Forehand is right in the corner by Pliskova. Dug out by Barty. Cross court. Has it gone this time for Pliskova? It goes a fraction wide. Juice. The Hail Mary there because that was a remarkable return from Pliskova. Had Barty in all sorts of trouble. She just gets a racket to it, floats it back. Pliskova pulls it <laughs> wide while going for the winner. Barty here at Juice, down the tee, it lands beautifully. It's match point for Ash Barty. Let's just uh, leave the analysis at this. Come on, Ash. Come on. Match point. Fantastic serve. Sign off in style, Ash. Where is she going? T wide? Where is she going to go, Walshy? T. Here we go. Barty, for the championship she was going to, caught the top of the tape, went well out of the service box. Second serve for Barty. 
for the championship. Plishkova's backhand goes to the slice of Barty up the middle of the court. Plishkova's forehand is in. Exchange from the back. Plishkova into the net and Ash Barty is a Wimbledon champion. It doesn't happen every day that an Australian becomes a Wimbledon champion. It's a moment we should cherish. What an unbelievable fortnight from the world number one. Who not only is a Roland Garros champion, she's also now a coveted Wimbledon champion. The first since Yvonne Goolagong-Cawley from an Australian female point of view back to 1980 in the tears while she are coming down her cheeks. And this crowd will give a standing ovation for quite some time. Bravo, Ash Barty. Tremendous courage, tremendous play, great composure to reset in that first set. Now we see her on her haunches, in tears. Her box is in tears. You see Billie Jean, Martina Navratilova, the Royal Box, full of applause. Just a tremendous performance. Wonderful to see. I even think I see it, maybe a trickle of a tear in the uh, eyes of Brett Phillips there. <laughs> well, she is a star. She's got all the humility you love about sports people. She's going to take the climb up to the box. We saw Pat Cash do it all those years ago in 1987. She's trying to find her way to get up to those who love her the most who are with her every day, working at being the best version. And she'll embrace all those in her players' box with the biggest of hugs. A Wimbledon champion. Her partner, Gary, the tears flowing from him. And ties. what a partnership this has been. An incredible coach-player connection that they have. And a hug for Storm Sanders as well. Just such a wonderful scene. The jubilation. And great credit should go to all of those in that box because yeah. we know that Ash was touch or go to even play yeah. this tournament given that hip injury. Yep. 25 days of rehabilitation. So they were the closing stages of what was a terrific three-set match. Great to be able to bring it. Uh, on the SEN radio network uh, around the country. And uh, thank you to Courtney Walsh, outstanding uh, job, the lead tennis writer for the Australian. Uh, first cap off the rank tonight, I wanted to have a chat to uh, Alicia Mollick, who achieved so much in her own career, a singles high ranking of eight, uh, five WTA titles, quarterfinal of the Australian Open, two Grand Slam doubles titles, Olympic Games, bronze medal 2004 in Athens. And she's going to lead our Australian female team to Tokyo. Uh, coming up in 10 days' time. She will be the captain of that team. She knows Ash Barty extremely well. Uh, she'd be absolutely proud today. Uh, Alicia, it's great to have you on the show. Oh, well, it's a real pleasure to join you. And I'll tell you what, I'll never, ever tire of listening um, to those closing <laughs> stages of the Barty fine life. I mean, it was absolutely phenomenal. First of all, that Ash hadn't played a lead-up event, yep. managed to get herself fit and ready for the tournament, and let alone to reach the final. I mean, just just incredible from her. Alicia, I know you've been spending a little bit of time away with the family because you're about to uh, head across to uh, Tokyo and you're going to be over there for uh, some time. Can you tell me exactly where you were, what was the setting for, for Saturday night for you as you uh, sat down and tuned in? 
Well, I'm just a short 13-hour drive from Perth, actually, <laughs> north, up north in Exmouth. Yep. So it is, um, given it's uh, children's school holidays and the fact that I will be heading over to Tokyo with the Australian women's tennis team, it was uh, I felt appropriate to get away and spend some time with my children and, and husband. So the setting was just at our holiday accommodation. It was just incredible and a couple of other friends with us. But I do generally like to watch the tennis pretty quietly. But I'll tell you what, you know, I, I was never good enough to win a singles grand slam, but I feel like I've lived through Ash and I've won one by watching her achieve her, her childhood dream. And um, I mean, just quite phenomenal too, that she won junior Wimbledon at 15. She's now won the senior event as a 25-year-old. It's only four years ago that Ash sat outside the ranking of 250, both in singles and doubles. So to think that what she's achieved in such a short period of time, given it's only been three or four years, is, mm. I mean, a true testament to her work and also that of her team, Craig Tizer as well, the immense work that he's put in also. It's incredible, Alicia. I mean, your own lens as you watch that match unfold and any tennis match we watch, we go on a roller coaster because, uh, you know, very rarely do you have it on your terms all the time. Just take us and give us your own thought as you were working your way through that match of just how you were reading it. Yeah, I feel that Ash was quietly confident and reasonably calm to begin the match. I felt she did a great job to really try and move Pliskova around the court. And obviously she's quite tall, mm. you know, six one, really rangy. She's a great returner. But I think that the, the telling point for me was, yes, I'm sure Ash was disappointed she didn't serve out the match in the second set. But it was the way she approached the first game of the third set. That's a different Ash party. You know, a couple of years ago, I think she would have shown a little more frustration at the start of the third set, having lost the second um, been a little bit upset with herself, but the way she was able to carry herself uh, to regroup and then bring some great tennis back immediately after losing the second set was, was quite amazing. And it's, and it's a testament to, to Craig and the work she's put in mentally as well. And she's just so much more of a mature player. It's only two or three years ago now that she, you know, she did have a little bit of a meltdown against Alison Risk at Wimbledon. But Ash says so herself, just how much she's continuing to learn on the way. Now she's got her second slam. I feel that anything from this point in time is an absolute bonus. No, spot on. And Alicia, you can answer this question far better than I because you, you've seen Ash in the inner sanctum and the way she prepares, the way she goes about her uh, tennis. And you know, we look at this um, you know, from the outside looking in, the general public look at this you know, young, authentic, uh, well-mannered, uh, you know, great family background, uh, just presents herself exceptionally well. But underneath that... To get to world number one, you've got to be a pretty steely competitor who uh, who wants to get the absolute best out of yourself. And you, you would see more of that than the, the general public, um, you know, viewing her from the outside looking in. Yeah, well, she is a steely competitor. I, I completely agree with it. At the same time, I think she, her tennis IQ is like no one else um, I've really experienced in terms of understanding what her opponent's strengths are and then really on a dime being able to switch her game if she needs it. Um, for so many other players, uh, tennis players, competitors out there, you know, at top in the top level of women's tennis, don't have that same ability. They don't have the repertoire. They don't have the range of shots. But Ash is able to do that. And I think it just goes to show her maturity as well. And she just continually makes smart decisions for her career. Even when I, I just referenced um, when she was just outside the top 250, when she made her comeback after having a break, 
she started back on the double circuit. She didn't immediately jump straight back into singles. She waited to have a lot of double success with Casey Delacqua. And that's the other thing with Ash. We've got to remember, I mean, at 16, she was already in a Grand Slam doubles mm. final. So <laughs> she'd had some success, but to, to be honest with you, it came very quickly. And I think naturally for a, a young teenager, you know, like anyone else who should have been sitting grade nine exams or grade 10 exams at the time, when you start to have all that, the spotlight, the expectation on you, it, it, at times it, it does become too much. And it's, it's interest that you don't necessarily want. I, I get a sense that, you know, a lot came so quickly for Ash, and she, I don't think she was ready for it. And, and quite naturally so. She burst onto the scene. So I think having a break, coming back, and, and just the mature decisions she makes really culminates, I think, in her success. She's very good at picking, I think, genuine and great people around her. Yeah. And, and the fact that Craig Tizer has remained her coach um, since she, she stepped back into tennis, it, it's just, um, yeah, it speaks volumes, really. Yeah, Ty's about to uh, join us from uh, the UK, which is going to be uh, terrific to chat to him. So as you, as you look at the women's game right now, Alicia, I mean, obviously, you know, Osaka's got to come back and, Hellop from her injury, but you know, we've seen Sabalenka really uh, push up, and you know, we haven't seen, unfortunately, the best of Andrescu for a little while. I mean, it's an interesting stage in the women's game, just the jockeying for positions. I mean, Ash is sort of now you feel crowded a, a bit of a buffer. I mean, she's they've got some chasing to do uh, to uh, you know certainly get the number one ranking off her, and her consistency um, is certainly shining. How are you sort of looking at the big picture of the women's game as we look into the next? couple of years where Ash can, you know, certainly build on what she's achieved and achieve even more great success. Yeah, well, I have, I have absolutely no doubt she will. And the fact that at the moment, you know, we have seen some switching with Grand Slam champions. You re- referenced uh, Blenda um, uh, Andrescu, also Osaka, you know, Halep out with some injury at the moment. So there's great opportunity. Obviously, Serena Williams is trying to chase down that elusive Grand Slam as well to equal Margaret Court's record. But I think that's where Ash, you know, she's remained fit, um, pretty healthy. Yes, she had a couple of weeks off, I guess, after the French Open. But it's a great opportunity for her now in women's tennis. And she's very level. You know, we see so many um, of the female players get to the top. And it's a difficult mantle, I guess, to continue to hold. And we've seen that now with um, Naomi Osaka, the pressure that is really that she's been overcome by and and I guess the recent drama of the French Open as well. It, it really is a great time for Ash, I think, to capitalise. She's now got the Tokyo Olympics as well as the US Open, which is on a nice, bouncy, quick, fast court for her as well. So, um, I mean, the sky's the limit now yeah. that she's she's captured that number one dream of hers. Yeah, no Let's doubt. Let's be honest, Wimbledon. I mean, how good would it be? I mean, if she, if she can win an Australian Open, I mean, to see an Australian win an Australian Open, that would be... Uh, just something absolutely magnificent. But first, uh, Leisha, as I let you go, I mean, you're heading to Tokyo. I mean, the Olympics obviously mean a lot to you and what you achieved back in 2004, and the team has been assembled. Um, what, what's your anticipation? What are you, what are you looking forward to over the next uh, few weeks? Well, first of all, it'll be Ash's first um, Olympic Games, which I think is really exciting for her. And the fact that she she's able to take to the court with one of her best friends in Storm Sanders and represent Australia um, as one of our doubles teams. I'm equally excited for um, Samantha Stowe's. I mean, her fifth Olympics, she's, she, that's spanning 20 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's just absolutely um, remarkable. But I am feeling, though, Brett, for the first-time Olympians who haven't experienced that Olympic feeling, you know, the marching and the closing ceremony, and obviously competing um, without any sort of crowds, it will be 
I guess it'll be telling, won't it? Those who have the self-motivation, who don't need, um, you know, the crowd cheering. But it will be a very safe bubble. Ash has a pretty quick turnaround. Isla Tomoyanovic will also feature as part of our team. But I think it's important too for, for the globe that the Olympics goes on. It gives inspiration to those who are having pretty tough times. And also for the kids, something for the Australian kids to watch as well. Watching their superstars on TV at the right time block as well is really important. No doubt. Uh, we're looking forward to that. And, uh, of course, we're going to be covering the Olympics uh, here on SEN right across uh, the network. Uh, Alicia, great to get some insights. Uh, an unbelievable weekend for all of us that love tennis, who, who love Ash Barty. We you know, love watching her play. She plays the game uh, beautifully. And uh, to be crowned a Wimbledon champion is something uh, no one can take away from. It'll be on her resume and CV forever. Really appreciate your insights and uh, good luck in Tokyo. Well, thanks for having me. And please give Craig Tyson my love when you chat for him. Will indeed. Uh, Alicia Mollick, uh, always great with her time, of course. Our Fed Cup or Billie Jean King Cup captain uh, these days. Uh, hopefully that gets uh, reinstated next year. It's been uh, delayed the last couple of years with uh, COVID. Of course, Alicia, brought to you by Matthew Steer Accountants and Advisors. Uh, work for the accounting firm where you're more than just a number. Uh, visit their website, matthewssteer.com.au for career opportunities. Craig Tyser, Paul McNamee, your thoughts, texts, all coming up on a big Ash Barty edition of the First Serve. First Serve Tennis Sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Her parents have instilled the most amazing values of you know courage and resilience and determination but also humility and humanity and sense of care and love. And she's been able to find that beautiful balance between courage and consideration, you know, the courage to push herself out of her comfort zone as far as she can go with these, you know, gifts she's been given, but also consider it that at the end of the day, it's not about her. It's about the impact she can have on others. And she's found that sense of purpose that if she can inspire one little Australian girl uh, or Australian boy to kind of follow their dreams and put themselves out of their comfort zones, but just but also have some self-compassion for themselves. And I think that's the beauty of her journey is I think she's inspiring the whole world on just how to be a good human first yeah. and, and a great tennis player second or a great athlete second. And if you can develop that perspective and not determine your self-worth by, you know, whether she wins or loses a game of tennis and that interference doesn't come into her life and she can, I don't know, be more of the human being and, and less so the human doing. Well, that is the voice of uh, Ben Crow, who has done a ton of work uh, as part of the Ash Barty Inner Sanctum in that uh, psychology, that mindfulness uh, space. He was talking to uh, Gary and Tim on SEM Breakfast uh, earlier today with some really great insights. We're going to go right in the Inner Sanctum of the Ash Barty Camp, and it's an absolute pleasure to welcome her coach, who has formed an amazing relationship. Not the first time we've chatted to Craig Tyser, and hopefully... Uh, not the last. Uh, Ties, good morning to you over there in the UK and, and welcome and, and congratulations. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Uh, no, good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. How, how does it all sort of feel now? Uh, what are we, nearly sort of 48 hours after? Um, I've got to say back here, Ties, it still feels really surreal, to be totally honest, and we were lucky enough to call it live on the radio on Saturday night and just so so proud of what you know she's achieved, uh, you know, considering the, the build-up and the lead-in and 
the injury from the French Open. It's a, it's a magnificent achievement. Uh, what about for you and, and the team around Ash? How does it feel a couple of days after? Yeah, look, I think very similar. Um, you know, pretty surreal. Not sure it's really sunk in yet um, for all of us. It's been fairly hectic um, so far. Um, but, yeah, look, an amazing effort by... Um, you know, the team around Ash to, to get her ready and, and to have her prepared enough to be able to play through the tournament and then to finish up the way she did was uh, pretty amazing. I mean, to win a Grand Slam, it's an absolute journey and to, to win seven matches and, and trying to peak at the right time, you know, coming in without any sort of grass court uh, leading tournaments, which is not the be all and the end all. Plenty of champions in the past have, you know, not played between the French and uh, Wimbledon. And obviously, Ash revealed quite a bit. Uh, post-match on the weekend about uh, the nature of her injury and what she knew and didn't know and what was told and what wasn't told. She wanted to look at scans. She wanted sort of to, to feel it her own way physically. Everyone knows her own body. I mean, it was a, there was a bit going on, obviously, behind the scenes. Yeah, look, quite a lot. Um, you know, it was probably touch and go there for a while whether Ash would actually play. And then once the decision was made to... Um, you know, to give it a crack and just, yeah, listen to her body a bit. And then the the team put together a plan um, around that and work towards it. And, yeah, like from my side of it, tennis-wise, I felt she was, you know, pretty pretty underdone going into it. But physically, she was, she was hopefully going to be okay. And I think once we got through the first couple of matches, especially, it, it, it looked like all things had sort of worked out really well. Well, I was going to ask, actually, at what stage of the tournament did you start to feel as coach that, okay, yeah, physically looks okay, game's starting to get into good nick and you're looking at the draw and what's unfolding? Was there a, was there a pointed moment in the tournament where you were sort of uh, sitting back, not certainly um, you know, being complacent at all, but thinking that things are in pretty good order here? Um, yeah, look, probably by the middle stages, about three or four matches in, I felt like she started to, to um, hit a bit of a stride with regard to her tennis, the first few matches were a bit up and down and, and that was to be expected just with the amount of tennis she played going in. So um, I felt she got better um, through that middle part and then, you know, from the, the semi-final and the final, were uh, yeah, pretty high standard and, and probably the semi's probably the best match I've yeah. seen Ash play. Yeah, and I heard you say that. I mean, thinking back to that, when she was 2-5 down and, you know, obviously Angie Kerber being a three-time champion was always going to raise her game. And I thought Ash made the great comment that, well, Angie made me raise my game with her. And, you know, at the end of the day, she was able to erase that deficit and, and win in straight sets. But, no, I, I agree. I think everyone seems unified that that was, that was a pretty defining match. Yeah, look, absolutely. I felt, you know, Angie certainly lifted and, you know, being a, a champion at that, at Wimbledon before certainly makes it tougher and I mean she's just such a good grass quarter as well that she makes it difficult for you to play and her ability to hit shots and, and play shots and she sort of showed that in that um, second set when she went up but yeah look to Ash's credit she stayed with her and then raised her game you know and on a big stage it's a pretty amazing effort to do that. Craig uh, I mean we, we've spoken a number of times and you know the the partnership you, you've had with uh, with Ash is, is is quite phenomenal. And it's certainly it's certainly been well documented. You have a, a, an amazing uh, connection. I mean, Ash always refers to you and the team any time that she speaks, so people can you know, get a real sense of um, that connection. But has it um, has it evolved even further 
through sort of you know the, the COVID period. I remember talking to you last year when you couldn't even get up and you know be with Ash, and you were you know sort of having to do stuff remotely, and it was a little bit different. I mean, just take us through just the the evolution of your partnership in in the last couple of years. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's you know it's probably changed a lot in that last year. Um, you know, there wasn't really anything we did until towards the end of the year, so it's, it was almost like a six month or longer um, break from each other. And yeah, we were we were speaking constantly, but didn't really have a huge amount of contact because there wasn't really anything Ash was doing tennis wise as well. So, um, but I think once we got back in October and did the um, the training block that. Um, it just sort of felt normal and, 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 you know, just got back into the normal routine of doing what we do. It was just an extended period of time. And then I think it was just the decision to know that if we were going to play this year, that it was also going to be a long, a long journey and that we'd be away for, you know, however long it's going to take, but we just put our mind to, well, if that's what it is, that's what we've got to do. So it's just the acceptance of all of that, um, and it's yeah, it's, it's difficult and it's been really hard. But you know, if, if if you want to play tennis and you want to play at Wimbledon, it's what we had to do really. So um, in the end, it's it's not much of a sacrifice when you know there's there's worse things going on in the world. That's yeah. for sure. No, no doubt. Craig Tyser with us, uh, the coach of the Wimbledon champion Ash Barty here on a special Ash Barty edition. Really, we're going to touch on a bit of Novak Djokovic uh, later on, but it is about Ash uh, tonight. Just from a uh, a game point of view. Tell us a bit about the discussion behind the scenes. I mean, her, her serve. I mean, her first serve is obviously a, a huge weapon for her. When when she lands that first serve, um, you know the, the the numbers, the percentage of points one is is high, but the just the emphasis around the second serve. It was clear through the tournament she was probably a little bit braver and, and going for a lot more on that second serve. Can you just take us inside the sort of discussion around that? Yeah. Look, I think that. That sort of varies depending on who she plays. Um, you know, probably different, um, you know, serve differently against Angie than um, certainly uh, Carolina. Like, she, um, you know, is, is bigger off the ground and you've got to take more of a risk, otherwise the ball's gone back behind you, you know, before you've really hit it. So um, I think it changes match by match. That's often a bit of the discussion about how she's going to go about um, her games and what she's going to do with her serve according to who she's playing. So, um, yeah, look, it, it, it probably was a bit scratchy in the early rounds just because she hadn't been able to serve a lot mm. um, and put a lot of time in, but it got better and better and the rhythm came back. And um, But, yeah, look, you know, some of those girls certainly put pressure on because they just returned so well. So I think she did a great job both, you know, with first and second serves throughout the tournament. What was the best moment for you? Is, is it is it match point? Is it a feeling of euphoria? Is it relief? Uh, the Nash comes up and greets you, and then we we see those, you know, pictures where she you know goes up the stairs, has a chat to the royal family, out on the uh, showing the trophy to the fans, and then comes into the ruling sanctum back with um, you and and Gary, her partner, and Storm was there as well, and that that, that was pretty emotional, and we we got to see that on uh, on camera. What was the the most pointed part for you? Do you think, Craig? Um, yeah, look, I mean, obviously the, yeah, the winning it in that last point was, it was pretty amazing. You sort of, you know, it's never over until you win it. And I think yep. you saw that with Ash as well as, you know, us in the box that it was such a celebration because it is difficult to win and it's, and you have to go and win it. You can't just 
expect someone else is going to fall over in front of you and hand it to you. So the fact that it went out and did that. So I think, yeah, that final point was, yeah, amazing for all of us in the team. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll remember that for a very, very long time. Absolutely. And I was talking to a few people uh, today, and I think Peter Owen, who you know well, um, was uh, off air just saying, you know, this guy, you know, he was you know, coaching in Melbourne and, you know, from Oak Park and, you know, and here he is uh, with Ash Barty, the world number one. It's an incredible story. I mean, do you sort of, do you pinch yourself just the whole journey, just your own personal journey through through coaching that you've been on? Yeah, look, for, well, I mean, it's been a long time for me. Um, you know, I've been in it uh, for an extremely long time with, you know, uh, a number of different players. So it's a, certainly a journey and a mm. learning process. Um, for me as well, and you continue to learn, you continue to grow, and 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 that's all you know. I look to do, and and obviously now with Ash, it's um, you know it's the same sort of thing, just continuing to keep learning, continuing to keep pushing, and and heading towards the the goals that we set, and you know what we're trying to achieve long term. And and credit to what you and Ash and the team are doing, being away from Australia for the best part of eight or nine months. Uh, uh, testament to um, you know, just your, your commitment and obviously there's so much to uh, to achieve and it's exciting times and I imagine it's a pretty fun camp to be uh, uh, inside uh, behind the scenes. So do you, do you get a little break for a few days, Craig, as I let you go? What, what's next? Do you, do you head to Tokyo yourself? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, heading to Tokyo. So we're going to take a little break um, prior to that, just a little holiday just on the way to the airport now and nice. then, um, yeah, we'll head to Tokyo um, in a week or so and um, you know, get ready for that as well. Hey, great to chat. And uh, the, the love for Ash Barty back here, I mean, you know, it, it's palpable. I mean, just her as a human being, I think that shining through the legacy, I mean, not only her great tennis, but her as a, a human being. And many people saying today she's probably our number one sports person at the moment. So uh, we can't wait to see her and, and the team back here in Australia. Craig, enjoy your break and really appreciate the chat tonight. I uh, appreciate it. No problems, Brett. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Craig Tizer, the coach of Ash Barty. What a combination they have been as player and coach. Uh, all our chats tonight. Thanks to Matthew Steer, accountants and advisors. Work for the accounting firm where you're more than just a number. Uh, visit matthewsteer.com.au for career opportunities. We'll get the insights of Paul McNamee next. First serve tennis sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Brett Phillips with you post uh, the Ash Barty triumph at SW19. Great to catch up with Craig Tizer, the coach, uh, Alicia Mollick off the top of the show. And prior to us going to air tonight, I caught up with uh, Paul McNamee, who is over in London, uh, the two-time Wimbledon men's doubles winner, 80 and 82, mixed doubles Grand Slam champion, 1985. He was there watching Ash, of course, but also coaching Sue Wei Shea and Elise Mertens to win the women's doubles crown, third time for Sue Wei, who's uh, great to watch. And I did catch up with um, Macker just to, prior to the show and talking about the prestige of uh, winning Wimbledon. 
It's the most prestigious, but I, I think all the four Grand Slams uh, are equal, in my opinion. Uh, I've thought that for a long time. Since we were able to elevate the Australian Open to the same status, I, I, I don't think I, I don't put one ahead of the others. But in terms of history and prestige, I think Wimbledon holds a special place for Australians, you know, especially for Ash Barty because of her background and the journey that Yvonne uh, Goulbon Corley went along. It, it was kind of in her genes, I think, that DNA that Yvonne had, that the same journey that Yvonne traversed, someone like Ash was was just magically attracted to that and it all came together Saturday. It, w- it was it was remarkable. You know, coaching Sue Wei, Shay, uh, and, and Elise Mertens because Elise's coach wasn't able to be there. His grandmother had passed away and so I kind of took up the reins for both of the girls, uh, getting them ready for the doubles final against Kudamatova and Vesnina, a couple of Russians who were a bit unlucky for Storm Sanders and uh, Dolahide, they had match points. So it could have been against Storm Sanders actually in the final and they were, they were just so unlucky Storm was so unlucky not to yep. be in that final and of course she was there watching Ash Barty in the singles final we were preparing for that but as you do when you're the next match on centre court you're watching it the whole time we hoping and thinking it would end in straight sets actually <laughs> I think like most of Australia was too because it was getting later in Australia and you want Ash to get over the line and you know that turnaround by Pliskova and Ash she did wobble a bit in that second set and then you know the third set you knew was up for grabs so we're in the this is sort of special warm up area near the player restaurants downstairs near the gym and that's where everyone is before the matches and it's kind of quite reverent that area getting towards the end of the tournament John Pierce was waiting to go on and watching as well with us he was going, waiting for his mixed doubles semi-final so you know, and Aussies, you do get attracted to each other in these these big moments because you know how much it means. And so there is a, a natural camaraderie. I, I saw every point of that third set, um, but in the training area. Her, her skill set, I mean, I'm just keen to get your lens on it, but you always sort of feel, you feel nervous, but you feel confident that she can come up with the goods, that she's got something in her makeup that right now is making her the most formidable player in the world. I think the ranking does help give you confidence. The fact she's the number one ranked player in the world, if you know that is a great angel on your shoulder, if I can call it that. You are number one in the world. And just having that ranking is a little intimidating to other players where they believe, well, it's no surprise that she's going to be back again. And they know that the number one in the world is not going to go away, as we're seeing on the men's side as well. We saw again yesterday. It was amazing. So the number one, I think the number one rank helps. The fact she's already won a major helps that Pliskova hadn't won a major. And you're right, she has been able to to get the job done when things haven't been going away. And I mean, that is a great thing about tennis. You can reset at the start of a set. But I think so much progress has been made for athletes to be able to reset and I think Djokovic is the master he's the zen master of all players there's no doubt and I think the way he's able to read you know he says he awakens that wolf energy that you know Ash, I I think is with the team around her is able to draw on that. And she, you know, she knows she's very much about the collective and the team mm. and knowing that there's a role for everyone. And she she she's a team player when she goes out there, as she as she does when when she played cricket or other things. She I feel she almost she loves the fact she's representing Australia and the team and and her background as well. So I I think there's it's sometimes a little easier in a team than by yourself where where that gladiatorial nature can really do you in and and, and draw out some negative thoughts. She, I think, keeps reminding herself she's part of a a bigger bigger story and a bigger picture and a bigger team. And I think she does it exceptionally well. So, Paul, having having played 
administered, coached across a long journey through a number of different eras. How do you look at the Ash Barty triumph compared to Yvonne back in 1980 and, and what she did, obviously, you know, prior to that? And obviously, the, the times are different. The, the depth of countries playing the game is very, very different, different times. But how do you sort of compare and, and the moment itself? You might like this. I don't think this is necessarily as tough an era as there, it was back then. We, we've got to be fair. I mean, Yvonne beat Margaret Court in the final. She beat yep. Chris Abbott in the final. She beat champions, absolute champions. I mean, you can only beat the people that are there. And Ash is the number one in the world. So she's incredible. But there is a transition period right now in women's tennis with Serena and Venus not where they've been. Maria Sharapova's not there anymore. Azarenka's not in the best anymore. Great players of this era have moved on. We've been waiting for it in the men's game as well, obviously. <laughs> it just hasn't happened yet. I think her semi-final win against Kerber was fabulous because Kerber's won Wimbledon. She knows how, how to get it done. So I, I, I don't think you know we should get carried away with the quality right now. The depth is enormous, but I think you're going to see in two or three years, it, it, it's going to be much harder when you see the way some of the younger women women are hitting the ball and the way that they're coming through. The you know the, the Muguruzas and those haven't quite gone to the next step like Ash has. So she is starting to create some space, perhaps. But, you know, Osaka wasn't there. Andrescu hasn't found a form after being injured since that great US Open. So having said that, Ash is a more a naturally a better, a, player, a better player on the natural surface. I mean, what she did at Roland Garros and, and on Wimbledon, you need those all-round ball skills that she has on a grass court. She's got that innate ability. So... I think she's starting to create that distance and the others are going to have to start catching up, which wasn't the case. So I think it has changed a little bit, but I don't want to exaggerate, oh, it's better than what Yvonne did or Margaret Court or anyone else. I think that's that's not fair to those eras, which were amazing, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And certainly not suggesting this era is tougher. It's just, a, it's, it's interesting, just the, I suppose, amount of countries now that are playing tennis. It is a a different time, isn't it? The technology's yeah. different. It's just different. It's, it's really tough to compare eras in any sport, to be well, totally it, honest. It does create more depth, but it doesn't necessarily mean at the pointy end yeah. that, that, you know, champions, you know you know what it means to say yeah. something. Chris Simpson's a champion, Yvonne, Margaret, you know, Billie Jean, you know, Martina, and you know, and then you've got the Williamses and the Azarenkas for this year. Who would you call the great champions of this era? Ash is going into that as a multiple champion. Naomi Osaki, yes. Maybe Simona Halep. You know, but it, it, it's... It's not so clear. Um, mm. The fact that the last four women's Grand Slams, let's remember, there were 16 different semi-finalists. Yeah. So let's put it in perspective. No, well said. Just to close, I mean, for you, what a fortnight. I mean, to, as you said, you yeah. took on the coaching reins, Suwei and Elise, and, and you win the title. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, Paul. That's right. Well, I hadn't seen Suwei since the Australian Open run when yeah. she made the quarters. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of hard to get out of Australia. <laughs> let's, just, let's just call it as it is. I was able to get permission to go to Wimbledon from Home Affairs and, and you know, Suwei um, to win a third Wimbledon doubles title with uh, with three different partners is, is remarkable in itself. And then, you know, be part of the whole scene to see Djokovic going for the 20th Grand Slam. And, you know, I'm very happy that he did, to be honest. And I think he deserves it. And to see Ash, the way she was warming up with, with her team, you know, with the Sharon footy, um, each day kicking it out in the in the practice area. I mean, and in, even in the hut where it was raining, they were kicking the footy. I mean, it was an interesting Wimbledon because we were in a bubble. So it, there wasn't the atmosphere that there's been in other years. I mean, there wasn't the, with the crowd in, in, the, in the second week, but it wasn't quite the same being, you know, two weeks in a bubble, um, which was done pretty well by women. But Ash, you know, she was very relaxed. I could just tell on the weekend, she 
she'd say, you know, she'd give the Aussie good day. You know, she 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 was in a good place. You could mm. tell that. It's a joyous win for Ash and her team and for Australia. It's hard to measure and quantify the impact this can have through the generations down. I mean, it might inspire more young girls to believe in their dreams and pick up a tennis racket. I mean, how, how do you sort of quantify what the bigger picture could look like now that she's got a couple of majors under her belt? For young women in Australia, especially from rural Australia, whether Indigenous background or any background, the fact that you could dream and to win a Wimbledon title, it reminds us of the Yvonne Gulagong dream. And now we've got Ash Barty doing the same thing again. I think it's awfully inspiring to young girls. And, and the opportunities are, are just exploding in women's sport now. And Ash is at the peak. She's, in my opinion, by far the biggest Australian female athlete, if not athlete, period, across the board. So I think on the women's side, it's enormously inspiring. I think on the men's side, we're still waiting to see on Nick Kyrgios, to be honest. Um, and then whether, you know, Alex Popperin can go the next step, Alex Demonor, the next step. These are really good players, okay? Um, three of them are really good. And, you know, I just think, Nick, when he just gets peace and, and, and you know, obviously he's dealing with a lot, but, you know, I, I've said it, you know, that mixed doubles decision to play and ended up playing five days in a row. For me, that was a such a, a management choice mistake. I mean, you know, in my opinion. So I think on the men's side, it's we've still got a little bit of wait and see because I think one, or if not more than of those three, are going to go to the top 10, are going to be contending at some point. So I think there's a difference between the women's side and the men's side right now. Great to get the thoughts of Paul McNamee, brought to you by Matthew Steer Accountants and Advisors. Work for the accounting firm where you're more than just a number. Visit uh, matthewsteer.com.au for career opportunities weighing in well under Macca with uh, Sue Shane Lee Mertens. As we head to the break, Rob and Josie Barty, the parents of Ash, reflecting on their daughter's unbelievable win at Wimbledon. Very, very happy. Just so pleased for her for what she's done. Um, the effort she's put in, the commitment she's done, the whole team, the, they do an amazing job and what they've been able to achieve is just beyond belief for, as far as I'm concerned. Just really excited. I'm just so happy that, that she's done it this year too. Like just, a, It's a really lovely year to do it with Yvonne's anniversary and just everything they're going through. I just think it's fantastic. So excited. But she's such a lovely girl. She's, she's a wonderful human being. She cares deeply for her sisters and her mother. Uh, she wants to speak to them every day uh, and that makes me so, so proud of her. Yeah, I'm just proud of how she treats everybody and she's still the same person regardless of the tennis, but she's, yeah, she's just amazing. First serve tennis sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. She made me proud from the first time I saw Ash. And she must have been about 13 and she was playing at the Australian Open. And uh, Roger and I was stayed there and watched a bit and we saw one whole point which she had showed all the skills. She did the slice, the volley, the smash, everything in one game. And we both just looked at each other and said, oh, she's got it, she's going to be our next champion. I never really watched myself play for years until uh, I showed some of our kids from, from our National Indigenous Camp, showed them a film of me playing, and that's the first time I watched myself. Uh, so, but to, it was more emotional for me to be watching Ash 
you know, during that time because everybody reacts differently, I think, after they win Wimbledon. They do indeed. That's a little bit of uh, Yvonne Goolagong. Uh, it's, it's an extended version of that, but that was uh, recorded yesterday in the aftermath of Ash winning uh, Wimbledon. I mean, you know, I've been lucky to interview Yvonne at a couple of functions, um, talk about humility and someone not wanting to be in the spotlight, her and Roger just watching it up on the Sunshine Coast away from uh, prying eyes and... Yeah, it's almost like the, the stars were meant to align. 1971, 50 years, 1980, Eve on the last winner, and here's Ash wearing a replica dress and uh, getting it done. So it has been the Ash Barty show tonight. Uh, no disrespect to Novak Djokovic at all. We'll continue to revel in that as we do our show weekly here on SEM, but a 20-time major champion alongside Roger and Rafa, and no doubt he will go past, and I've spoken on SEM quite a bit today, about uh, the next uh, three years while he's still in his prime that... You know, he could win four or five more. He'd go past Margaret Court's record of uh, 24. So a big opportunity, a gold medal. Although he maybe has talked that down. Watch this space on Djokovic in Tokyo. Uh, but certainly uh, the US Open, he'd love to complete the uh, calendar slam. All thanks to Matthew Steer, accountants and advisors. Work for the accounting firm where you're more than just a number. Uh, visit matthewsteer.com.au for career opportunities. Great to have uh, them on board. And also our good friends at Yonex celebrating 75 years performance product crafted in Japan. Check out their latest range at yonex.com. Uh, there's plenty of analysis of Barty and Djokovic and everything else from Wimbledon at our website, thefirstserve.com.au. And all our socials, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, make sure you follow us. Ash Barty, a Wimbledon champion. We'll take that to the bank. There's more to come on that, let me tell you. More to come from the first serve next Monday night. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.